Podcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubac Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, TJ Bowser and Jared Bachman Stubbs. fucking casuals what's up guys and welcome to the do back discussion podcast this is your host tj bowser and joining me as always is the dark jedi jared bachman stubbs what's up motherfucker? and the life jacket wearing connor chiquiti <laughs> what's up guys i'm still here i haven't drowned yet <laughs> yet today that's, that's the big part is may 29th 2019 and we are way too far away from the rise of the skywalker but, Jared, how was your week? My week has been pretty decent. Uh, last weekend, I, you said it's going up tomorrow. I finally got to record Hall of Heroes with Spencer in the flesh for the first time. Um, that was really fun. And, uh, yeah, hopefully seeing Aladdin this weekend because, uh, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been fiending for the uh, uh, Will Smith's genie. And I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop, but I haven't. You never had a friend like me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, man. I can't I can't Ooh. put into words how happy all of that makes me. Like I have ever since I was like a wee lade, I've loved Will Smith as an actor and as a rapper. Like there are videos of like little baby Jared running running around the house, like scream singing along to Will Smith's Wild Wild West. And I so badly I'm happy about the two versions of friend like me that are in this movie. So what yeah, about you, Chiquiti? Um, not too bad. Um just been working. Last Wednesday, actually, <clears throat> I went up to New York to see um this musical about Star Wars, which was really cool and really fun. And in part of the segment of the play. They had two audience members come up, which were me and one other guy, and they asked us questions about the holiday special, which is like the one Star Wars content I don't know very much about. So I was pretty much screwed on the questions, but I still ended up winning um, a box of Star Wars themed Cheez-Its, which was fun. That's good. And And you shield the show, right? Indeed, yeah. <laughs> no. Indeed. Wait, what was that, Jared? Sorry. You shilled, said you shilled the, the show, show, right? I, I should have put it. Oh! What the fuck is wrong with Traitor! you? Traitor! Traitor! Fired. 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 Gone. Bye. <laughs> I'm, I'm so going to fucking leveg you now. I'm going to leveg you so hard. <laughs> you and I at the same I don't know if you heard me. We both made Logan jokes at the same time. Oh. <laughs> Just as you said, I'm gonna levag you. I was like, man, just throw him on the fucking pile with Mo and Logan. <laughs> but um, then I ended up seeing my first ever Broadway show, uh, "Be More Chill." Oh, really good. Yeah, "Be More Chill" is good. Yeah, it's awesome. So, other than that, not too much. This week has been incredible for me. Uh 
I'm going to use this opportunity to announce something that I never thought I'd have to do. Uh, I think are we going to save the big announcement for the end of the no, show? No, I, 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 let's just start it off, and that way they they you know what they're in for. Uh, okay. This will be my final episode of the Do Back Discussion podcast as a host. I will be back on probably November. Uh, but an opportunity in time has, for fallen order. In time for fallen order. Uh, an and opportunity has presented itself to me that I cannot take. I mean, that I cannot pass up. Uh, it's going to take me. Do back and the rest of us to new heights that we never could have imagined. This week on Goremore, we announced our partnership with Microsoft and Friday the 13th Vengeance. And we will be having a booth at Steel City Comic Con in August 9th through 11th. And all proceeds at the booth will benefit Shriners Children's Hospital with Microsoft and Vengeance matching our donation. Uh, we have many celebrities and directors, producers, special effects people signed on all to donate to our online charity auction that will also benefit Shriners. Uh, this is an extremely, extremely huge announcement and a big deal for all of us. With that being said, I am proud to announce two new podcasts that will be added to the Do Back Discussion Network very soon, starting with Jerk the Curtain podcast hosted by yours truly and Corey Kaufman. That will be the premier wrestling podcast. And also, the podcast that I'm leaving this for is called Down the Rabbit Hole, featuring me and Hollywood set, prop, and special effects man, Mick Strawn. Uh, this, this is an amazing time to be a do-backer. And thank you guys for listening to the show for the last year and a half with me. I remember recording my first episode January 1st, 2018. It was my... Uh, New Year's resolution was to actually do something with my life and put all my life's work together into something and, you know, stay busy. And that was the Dubak Discussion podcast. At that time, we had maybe five or so listeners. And now we have 25. We have 1,250 listeners a week. We have, well, list subscribers. Last month, we had 32,000 plays on our podcasts. We have three weekly shows that are just amazing. Uh, Hall of Heroes, hosted by Jared Bachman Stubbs and Spencer Simpson. Goremore, hosted by me, Chad, and John. And then, of course, this one. And I can't wait to show you guys everything that we have lined up. And thank you guys for listening to us for so long. With that being said, Jared will be taking over hosting duties. Uh, and we, he will have a new co host. Uh, Jared, what who, can you explain to them who that will be? Uh, yeah, it's a friend of mine I've talked about on the air before, a gentleman by the name of Michael Doling, and uh, when he's available to do so, I'm also going to have Spencer from All of Heroes on the air on Dubek as well. Of course, joined by um, the Life Jacket and Connor Shakiti. Um, so, yeah, Dubek is not going anywhere. Uh, there is, it's going to, I don't even want to say a reboot, but there's going to be, it's going to have a new style. Yes. Uh, it's going to be I, in TJ's memory with my style attached to it. Um, but yeah, there's lots, lots of, lots of cool stuff coming your way really, really, really soon. And, um, I was going to save this bit for the end because I thought we were going to talk about this at the end, but, uh, I just want to say now, um, on the air officially, uh, I've opined about it on social media many, many times. Um, but thank you for letting me be a part of this whole 
uh, incredible journey. Uh, you and I bumped into each other at Steel City Con by Providence, and um, everything fell into place from there. And uh, when I really needed something to kick my ass into gear and keep my head above water, I always had um, a workload to turn to and something to help me keep my eye on the prize and have a prize to keep my eye on uh, with this show, with this network. Uh, the opportunity to uh, start a show like Hall of Heroes. I've said this on Hall of Heroes, uh, but I've never talked about it on here. Uh, once TJ brought me on uh, and said, as I was supposed to just be a guest, just like, you know, a one-off episode. And then it was, hey, do you want to stick around? Yes, of course. Hey, do you want to be the co-host? Fuck yeah, I do. Um, and the first words out of my mouth once I was officially made a do-back discussion employee uh, was that we needed a comic book podcast. And TJ immediately went, okay, threw me the, threw me the reins to handle that. And uh, TJ has done nothing but uh, – has, has been nothing but a – wonderful leader and a force of nature uh, with what we're doing. Um, our growth is incredible and there is a level of professionalism from the jump that we have that is incredible. And I am incredibly proud to be a part of uh, the Dubek Discussion Network and to host uh, two currently two-thirds of the shows and um i again just really 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 to uh thank you tj for letting me be a part of this amazing journey and i will uh to quote my new favorite character um i will finish what you start <laughs> thanks man connor anything you want to say man Um, um, it hasn't really set, like, really legitimately sunk in how, um, I can't think of the word, proud, no, yeah, proud I am to be part of this network, because I've only been on here for a few months, and it's just, life has just been pretty crazy up to this point, but I just haven't had to, I haven't had time to digest just how, um, lucky I am to be with you guys to just talk about Star Wars and write about Star Wars and just write about other stuff. Um, and I'm just excited to see what the future holds for Dubak. Thanks, man. Thank you both. I appreciate you guys coming on here week after week with me. I really, really do. Hey, man, the honor, pride, and pleasure is all mine. Indeed. But let's not let that stop us. So for the last time, let's buckle up, baby, and get into the news. Jared, talk about that Vanity Fair, baby. All right, everybody get comfortable, because this is a long fucking article. <laughs> like, get a drink, make sure your ass is cozy, because it's a long one. 
So, as most of you know, the day after we finished fucking recording last week, uh, <laughs> uh, Lev Grossman uh, and um, the incomparable Annie Leibovitz uh, dropped the massive Vanity Fair article for Star Wars episode Rise of Skywalker. So, we're just going to jump right into this and uh, slog through it all. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the ultimate preview. Four decades after Star Wars is drawing to its ep- after four decades, Star Wars is drawing to its epic conclusion. Lev Grossman goes behind the scenes with director J.J. Abrams and the cast for the inside scoop on the rise of Skywalker, with exclusive photos by Andy Leibowitz. So up the very top here we have a photo of uh Daisy Ridley and the crew all standing uh the Jordan's Wadi Rum Desert uh, filming. I love JJ's face. What you the know. fuck is he looking at? <laughs> he's in director mode. He looks so confused. Like he just looks. Lo- he looks like he forgot he was in the desert. Where the fuck am I? <laughs> it just looks so chill. He honestly. does. All right. Like, like it's just like, dude. Like you look this chill, and you're ma- and you're making the movie that not only finishes off the sequel trilogy. But has to close off a nine movie saga. The pressure's fucking enormous, and he's just like, Meh. yeah, just yeah, like no, paradise. Yeah, there's a desert valley in southern Jordan called Wadi Rum, or sometimes the Valley of the Moon. There are stone inscriptions in Wadi Rum that are more than two thousand years old. Lawrence of Arabia passed through there during the Arab Revolt during the Ottoman Empire. More recently, J.J. Abrams went there to film parts of the latest Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker, because it's largely uninhabited and starkly beautiful and looks plausibly alien. One of the things that has always made the Star Wars movies feel so real is if they had a real life of their own that continues out beyond our beyond the edges. I I sound like I can't read because my phone went off and I immediately went to read it. Also, Jared, uh, I didn't know... If you notice in the picture, but there is a prop guy holding Ray's staff in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She better use her lightsaber more. I also love her new Ugg boots. They're very nice. She had Ugg boots in Force Awakens. Oh, did she? Yep. Daisy keeping up with the times in a galaxy far, far away, I guess. Hey, hey, Daisy. Daisy knows when to come get you. (laughs) Get shoes. <laughs> yep. Don't get shoes. <laughs> and do back merch. <laughs> and do back merch. Um, as if they had a real life of their own that continues out beyond the edges of the screen is that they're shot on location with as few digital effects as possible. George Lucas shot uh, the Tatooine scenes from A New Hope in southern Tunisia. For Skywalker, it's Wadi Rum. They don't do it that way because it's easy. Abrams and his crew had to build miles of road into the desert. They basically had to set up a small town out there populated by the cast and extras and crew. Creature effects department alone had 70 people. The Jordanian military got involved. The Jordanian royal family got involved. There was sand and there were sandstorms. And when you could all you could do is hover and take huddle in your cover and take and huddle in your tent if you're John Boyega, who plays the ex-stormtrooper Finn, listen to reggae. Uh, then we have the two images of the cover art, uh, one with our best picture of the supreme leader, son of darkness himself, Kylo, uh, 
And then the other one we have uh, Ray. And then these two covers are actually meant to be shown side by side. Hashtag Raylo. Um, both of them are looking to each other to the middle. And then this the sun rising in uh, Kylo's art, uh, seeing as he is the Skywalker who will rise. He said. <laughs> Indeed. But in a way, that's the new. But in a way, that's the whole point. You're out there in the world so you can get up in your grill and make its presence felt on film. It's the things that you can't anticipate. The imperfections, says Oscar Isaac, who plays the resistance pilot Poe Dameron. It's very difficult to design imperfection, and the imperfections that you have in these environments immediately create a sense of authenticity. You just believe it. When Isaac arrived in Wadi Rum for his first week of shooting, Abrams had set up a massive green in the middle of the desert. And I was like, JJ, can I ask you a question? I noticed we're shooting on a green screen. And he's like, yeah, so why the hell are we in the desert? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, well, because look, the way the sand interacts with the light, the type of shots you would set up, if you were designing the shot on a computer, you would never be, you would never even think to do that. There's something about the way that the light and the environment and everything plays together. It's that, it's that something that the presence of the details, the analog imperfections of a real non-digital place makes Star Wars so powerful. It was powerful enough to bring 65,000 people to Chicago in April for Star Wars Celebration, a fan convention where you can see a Stein storm, giant stormtrooper head made out of three 36,440 tiny Lego stormtrooper minifigures, which is a world record of some kind, though I'm not sure exactly what, and where people were dressed up as Muppets who were themselves dressed up as Star Wars characters. But the main event was the launch of the trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker which was held in a 10,000-seat and was such a big deal that even though the trailer was going to be released on the internet literally seconds after it was over, I, and at least theoretically responsible member of was not only tagged, wristband, escorted, and metal detected, but sniffed by a canine unit before I could go in. I sat down with Abrams a couple of hours later. For the occasion, I was wearing a suit so black and sharp he could have been doing a Men in Black cosplay. <laughs> but his most distinctive feature was his dark curly hair, which was upswept in a way that is only straightly suggestive of devil. Or slightly <laughs> suggestive of devil. Abrams talks rapidly as if he can barely keep up with the things his brain is racing to tell him. His racing brain is telling him to say. When I told him that not only was Star Wars the number one trending topic on Twitter, but that all of the all 10 of the top 10 trending topics were Star Wars related. <laughs> and then he personally was number five. He was visibly stunned. <laughs> he recovered enough to say, well, I aspire for number four. <laughs> for the record, number four was the late Supreme Leader. <laughs> frankly, did seem beatable. Oh, I like that. Of course frankly, he wants to be four. It's curious. Number 11 was pro golfer Zach Johnson who had just accidentally hit his ball with a practice swing at the Masters. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so, okay, we got to another picture. This one is our first official look at the Knights of Ren. They look great. Also, I'd like to point out that the one staff that they're using was also seen in Solo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a giant battle axe. Um, now, I will say this much. I voiced my opinions on the Knights of Ren on Twitter, but I will reiterate here. Uh, one, you can tell that Kylo Ren is the edgiest man in the galaxy for one reason. 
his personal hit squad all have edgy ass fucking anime weapons. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like that one guy, the one directly behind JJ, that motherfucker looks like he's straight out of Naruto or One Piece or some shit. Yeah, he's got a fucking um. It's a fucking giant blade. Holy shit. It's just a giant fucking butcher knife sword. Yeah. My it looks like thing, a big laser, razor blade. I think in the horror community, we call that the pig splitter. <laughs> nice. Well, whatever he has, it looks like it's straight out of an anime. Oh, um, all of this does, man. Oh, yeah. Jared, which that one am said, I going to cosplay as? Uh, let's see here. Uh, whichever one is his second. <laughs> I really like the one on the far left. But the guy with the giant sword is catching my attention. <laughs> I like the guy with the blaster arm. Yeah, that's really cool, too. It's just so edgy, and I love it. It, is like, it kind of reminds me of uh, the, the super battle droids in a way. Oh, because their yeah. arm is the weapon? Absolutely. Yeah. Continue, Jared. But yeah, they, no, no, you're good. But like I said, they look incredibly fucking edgy. Uh, and it's sort of samurai which doesn't do, surprise me. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is always samurai shit. Indeed. What I do really wish is that they were lightsaber wielders. Um, yeah. I was. I got my lecture from Royal Farm Boy and uh, Chris Royds at, uh, from Axiom on Twitter that I shouldn't let my expectations get in the way. And I think they, they won't. I, I love, love Chris. There was part of me that was hoping for like a dark side Knights of the Round Table type thing where like they were all building lightsabers. But I like what we got either way. I just they could can't wait to see their story play out because I remember reading somewhere that JJ has plotted out their backstory. Like I think when he was still doing Force Awakens or shortly after it was released, but he they, they just haven't released it yet. So I'm just excited. To see what it oh, is. We're under the I'm assumption probably, that right now they are fallen Jedi, correct? Yeah, I'm, on, yeah, yeah, I'm under the, the assumption that they're know. Luke's that's students what, that Kylo took with him after he destroyed his temple. That's what I thought, too. But, like, yeah. if they're not lightsaber wielders, it might not be the case. Yeah, true. So, like I said, there's a lot to mine. Uh, Disney executives talk about how important it is to eventize Star Wars movies i.e. to make them not feel just like movies, but like seriously momentous occasions. I won't have much trouble with this one. The Rise of Skywalker isn't just the last movie in the Star Wars trilogy that began in 2015, The Force Awakens. It's the last movie in the literal, actual trilogy of trilogies that started with the very first Star Wars movie back in 1977, which began the saga of the Skywalker family. The Rise of Skywalker will finally, after 42 years, bring an end to this saga. And then we're uh, arriving at another picture. We have Carrie Russell as the masked scoundrel Zori Bliss. Uh, she is seen in her thieves' quarters on a snow-dusted world called Kaijini. Uh, or Kaijini? Wolf Kaijini? We'll find out how the fuck you say it. <laughs> I'm thinking um, Kajimi. Oh, Kajimi. Kajimi. <laughs> uh, it's a yeah. cool look. I like it. I like the purple a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see if she's a good guy, bad guy. In between. In between guy. Yep. I mean, she is a bounty hunter, so, like, she's pretty much going to be in between, but we could be wrong on that account. Yes, yeah, it's just a matter of... Okay, scoundrel. Yeah. Fuck. So, we'll see. 
fingers crossed. I'm looking forward to something cool. Uh, we all thought the story was over in 1983 with Return of the Jedi. Then we really thought it was over in 2005 with Revenge of the Sith. But Star Wars has always really has always been an unruly beast, too big, too power powerful, and profitable to be contained in one movie or even in a trilogy or even in two trilogies let alone numberless novels, TV shows, comics, video games, Happy Meals, and so on and so forth. Now Abrams has to gather all of those threads and bring closure to a story that was started by somebody else in an America that feels a very, feels like a very long time ago indeed. That's the challenge of this movie, Abrams says. It wasn't just to make one film as a standalone experience would be thrilling and scary and emotional and funny, but one that if you were to watch all the films, you'd feel like, well, of course, that! Like a lot of things that we that we now can't imagine life without, Star Wars came really close to never happening in the first place. In 1971, George Lucas was a serious amateur just five years out of film school at USC. He had only one full-length movie on his resume, and that was THX 1138. Yeet! Which is the kind of visionary but grindingly earnest science fiction epic that only the French could love. <laughs> they were even pretty much the only ones who did. Everybody expected Lucas to go on and make serious, gritty 1970s cinema like his, feet, like his peers, Brian De Palma and Francis Ford Coppola. At the time, Lucas and Coppola were actively planning a radical epic set in Vietnam with the pro provocative title, Apocalypse Now. Ooh. We arrived <coughs> at our next picture. <coughs> this is our first look at Richard E. Grant's character. Uh, who is playing Allegiant General Pride. Yes! Uh, he is, you know, Oh, that is such a... I love that name. I want an action figure. Uh, right now. He is <laughs> probably going to be his downfall. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be ironic. It's going to be poetic irony. And I'm here for it. Probably. Uh, but yeah. He's joined by Hux. And they're on the bridge of a Star Destroyer. He looks cool. But Coppola would have... Would have to finish that one on... Focus... Blah, 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 blah. But Coppola would have to finish that one on his own because Lucas wants a different Wait, I just want to say, so, because we've never heard this title before, Allegiant General, what would you guys say it would be? Like, what do you guys think it signifies? I think he's just, like, one step above Hux. Okay. Well, like, maybe not even a step above Hux, but, like, a step apart from Hux. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe, or maybe he's, um... Like, in command of, like, a specialized... I don't know. But I don't know. He's definitely he high up there in the First Order hierarchy. Right. Yeah. But Coppola would have to finish that one on his own, because Lucas went a different way. I decided there was no modern mythology, he said in 1997. I wanted to take old myths and put them into a new format that young people could relate to. Mythology always existed in unusual, unknown environments, so I chose space. Lucas tried to acquire the rights to Flash Gordon. That would have been a dark timeline indeed. Dun, but when dun, he dun, couldn't, dun, dun, he dun, came dun, up dun. with his own original science fictional epic instead. He called it the Star Wars. Like the Facebook, he would have to shed a direct article on his way to glory. Even though American Graffiti had made Lucas a bankable director, Star Wars still came together slowly. In the first draft, Luke was an old man, Leia was 14, Han was a 
big, huge, green-skinned monster with no large gills, no nose and large gills. Fox executives were baffled by Star Wars, and they squeezed Lucas in rel- relentlessly for time and money. We forgot how jerry-rigged the first one was. The Cantina aliens weren't finished, and the monumental Star Destroyer that dominates the opening shot, in reality, is about three feet long. The Death Star interior is basically one set rearranged several different ways uh, to make Greedo's mouth move. The Greedo suit had to hold a clothespin in her mouth. Uh, what I remember about working on that film, says John Williams, the legendary soundtrack composure, is the fact that I didn't ever think there would be a second film. He also, like everyone else, Luke and Leia were going there, so he wrote the same. But whatever mythology comes from, Lucas had gone there. But wherever real mythology comes from, Lucas had gone there and brought back something alive. People wanted movies that gave them something to believe in instead of the relentlessly autopsying, relentlessly autopsying beliefs that had failed. We'd have enough anti-heroes. We needed some anti. We needed some anti-heroes. I realized from THX that people don't care about how the country's being ruined. Lucas said, "We've got to regenerate some optimism." Like American Graffiti, Star Wars is a work of profound nostalgia, a post-Vietnam, post-Watergate anthem of longing for the restoration of a of true of a true and just power in the universe. I'm dyslexic. The Return of the King. And at the same time, it's a very personal hero's journey about a boy who has put right the sins of the father and matched the strange power he finds within himself. And in doing so, man. Star Wars is also an incredibly enduring vision of what it's like to live in a world of super advanced technology. Science fiction often ages badly, turning into kitsch or camp. Just look at Flash Gordon. But Star Wars hasn't. More than any filmmaker before him, Lucas successfully imagined what science fiction world would feel like to somebody who was actually inside it, which is to say it would look as ordinary and work-a-day work a as the present. He even shot it like it was real, working close in and mostly skewing wide establishing shots, more like a documentary or a newsreel than a space opera. It feels very grounded, says that. Who's making her Star Wars debut in Rise of Skywalker, playing a character named John, about whom she is allowed to say literally nothing. There's a kind of spectacularness in the supernatural move things. If you move things with your mind, magic stuff. But then there's just also really grounded, rugged nature where everything is distressed and old and kind of worn out and And I think playing with those two main ideas means you get this feeling that if it could almost be real. Got the far, far away. It could almost be the case that you could have this. When Lucas made the sequel, the first Star Wars sequel, The Empire Strikes Back, he cheekily labeled it Episode Five. Then went back and relabeled the first movie as Episode Four, as if the movies were an old-fashioned serial that that the rest of us were just now tuning into. Around that time, he started talking about Star Wars as a nine-part epic. So in 2012, Lucas retired and sold Lucasfilm to Disney. It wasn't exactly hearsay that Disney announced more movies. Uh, at the time, Kathleen Kennedy, praise be unto her, had just been named the co-chair <laughs> person of Lucasfilm, and she taped she taps Abrams the first Disney uh, post Lucas Star Wars movie. TJ, can we pause for a moment so I can blow my fucking nose? All right, that very nice Ewok helped me blow my nose. We can get back on the road now. <laughs> uh, 
it was a bit like it was a bit like saying, "Make the lightning strike again, please." Exactly here, if you could. Oh, and could you just earn back that four billion we just spent to buy Lucasfilm? Narrator voice. He could. <laughs> At first blush, Abrams' debut Star Wars movie, The Force, looked Robert Omar original, just like in A New Hope. There's a young four and a poor. Played by the incomparable Daisy Ridley, who finds a droid with a secret message that's vital to the rebellion. Oh wait, I'm sorry, it's the resistance. Ah, now there's a villain, black mask, just like Vader, except it's his grandson. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate that shit. That's just that's just me. Jesus. I'm having an allergy attack live on air. The fuck's an allergy Jeez. attack? It's just a shy sort of an anxiety attack and <laughs> Yeah. All right, there's a villain in a black mask just like Darth Vader, except that it's his grandson, Kylo Ren, who's arguably a more fascinating character, played by the unparalleled Adam Driver, a.k.a. Ben Solo of Han and Leia. Kylo has a planet-killing weapon, much like the Death Star, way bigger, which becomes the target of a desperate attack by resistant sex wings, and there's even a bar full of aliens. Also, Force Awakens is a very different movie from A New Hope. It shares similar elements, but it is very different on a structural story level, and if you disagree with me, I will happily debate your candy ass. Nice. Anywho, damn, I'm dying over here. This trilogy is about this young generation, this new generation having to deal with all the debt that has come before. Abrams also insisted on keeping the analog aesthetic of the original trilogy. Those aliens had to be latex, yak hair, not bits and bites. That everyone possible was shot on location using film cameras, not digital ones. Even Lucas had abandoned that approach by the time he made the second Star Wars trilogy, but many fans consider those movies to be a cautionary tale. Famously, the prequels were almost, were mostly green screen environments, Abrams said. And that George was himself doing that, and it ended up looking exactly how he wanted it to look. And I always preferred the look of the original movies because I just remember when you're on the snow, when you're in the snow on Hoth, you're in the desert on Tatooine, but you're in the forest of Endor. It's amazing. If you put a vaporator here, there, all of a sudden, almost any natural location suddenly becomes a Star Wars planet. But the more interesting thing about The Force Awakens and its successor, The Last Jedi, written by God... Jared, your internet is stroking out so bad right now that you sound like Megatron. Like, you literally <laughs> sound like Megatron. I'm waiting for you to be like, where are those flesh creatures? Uh, where are the flesh creatures? <laughs> but the more interesting thing about The Force Awakens and its successor, The Last Jedi, written and directed by God, was how they very subtly complicated Lucas's vision. 30 years had gone by since the ending of Return of the Jedi, during which time the newly reborn Republic became complacent and politically stagnant, allowing the rise of the reactionary neo-imperial First Order whose origins we will learn more about in the rise of Skywalker. Oh, can I, can I do a sidebar real quick? Did anybody see me on Willie O'Haran's post completely destroying a guy? He's like, imperialism, like he posted something political, and I was like, imperialism is amazing. Have you not watched Star Wars? The Empire rocks, dude. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and, he, and then, like, I completely I made it about. Shit. I took a political post and I made it about Star Wars. And he's like, I haven't seen Star Wars since 1976. 
And I was like, oh, 1977, bitch. And Willie even called him out on it and everything. And it, it was fucking Dude, great. Dude, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. That's great. But no, I just love it. Whose origins we will learn about more in Skywalker. And I'm just like sitting here like, you fucking casuals. We learned about them in Aftermath. Shattered Empire in a way. The Battlefront 2 storyline. Well, okay, we get glimpses. I think they're yeah. saying like we're gonna get like into the weeds of how the first order came. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Cool. Because like, you don't even know how the hell Snoke comes into the equation. Not that it's a big deal, but yeah. like. Okay, Finn. <laughs> I mean, no. I think we'll find out in the uh, Snoke Age of Resistance comic. We're probably gonna find out some way. Yeah. In those comics, which I'm excited for. It was almost like if the Argentine Nazis had some sort of had sort of gotten together and were actually started to bring bring back the Third Reich in some real form, Abram says. Just like that, the rules of the Star Wars universe changed. It wasn't all over when the Ewoks sang. Obi-Wan Kenobi and all those bosses had died in vain. Nope. I wouldn't see that. Nope. Even Han and Leia split up. It's a little less of a fairy tale now. Except it's still a huge fairy tale. It's a fairy tale for Ben and Ray. The feather-haired godling Luke Skywalker suffered the trauma of having a Padawan go bad on his watch. It's an echo of what happened to his old mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, with Anakin Skywalker. Thank you! Who became Darth Vader. But where Obi-Wan made peace with it, waiting serenely in the desert of Tatooine for the next chosen one to arrive, Luke's guilt curled into shame. He hid himself away so that his chosen one, Ray, had to serve most of the Force Awakens searching for him, and then another whole movie convincing him to help, convincing him with the help of Yoda's Force Ghost to keep the Order going after all, and keep the Jedi Order going at all. Star Wars arrived as an antidote for disillusionment in the 1970s, but now, in its middle age, Star Wars is grappling with disillusionment of its own. By dint of advanced Sith interrogation techniques, I was able to obtain valuable information about the rise of Skywalker. Here it is. Common Emblem. Who plays C-3PO is the only actor who has appeared in all nine movies of the Star Wars Triple Trilogy, including Solo. Daniel says he loved the script for the rise of Skywalker, but he didn't get it until the last minute right before shooting started. And for some reason, he just couldn't his part. My first line would not go in my head, he says. In person, Daniels is like a C-3PO whose, preference, whose preferences have been reset to charming and volume. The line that I couldn't say was two words. Common emblem. Common emblem. Common emblem. I would say them thousands of times. My wife would say it back. I just couldn't say it. Unfortunately, 3PO's mouth doesn't have to move, so he could just add the line to post-production. Anyway, there's the big scoop. Common emblem. I don't know what it means either. Also, sidebar, the the book Snowfalls just posted my article about me promoting their new book. And Jared, you're going to want to read that. Oh, I will. It's about... Uh, you'll you'll like it. Like le- read the article and you'll be like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> oh, I will. Okay, I just can't oh, announce. I'm so happy so that crazy. I actually wrote something about something other than Star Wars or horror for once. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. 
You're good. I also 100% guarantee that they will change the line before the movie comes out so that the scoop will end up being fake news. <laughs> Daniels also told me that he does. I think you should have said that with your Trump impression. Oh, when I'm congested, it'll sound better. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also 100% guarantee that they will change the line before the movie comes out so that the scoop will end up being fake news, folks. Fake news. One last one for you. Uh, Daniels also told me that C-3PO does something in this movie that surprises everybody, but he wouldn't say what. He keeps his clothes on. It's not like he suddenly does this thing, but... He's going to go Terminator on the First Order, and it's going to be... Before we get to the next paragraph, I have a small mini-prediction that I'm not going to bank anything on, but... You know what the most wild thing they could do with 3PO is? No. All right. I mean, maybe, but get, I don't know. Get get ready, okay? Hold on to your butts. Since we know there's that one, like, description of the footage that was shown in that one, uh, Investors. The interior of a blockade runner. What if they go back to the Tansa V4? Ah, oh, not open and restore C3PO's memory of previous. Okay, that'd be cool Holy as hell. Shit. <laughs> and at some point, and like buried in his memory is something that is crucial. Fuck, right, Jared? Where do you come up with this shit, bro? <laughs> Of the god. Of the god. Of the time. No, I would. I'm trying to come with grasp that. That no, that's actually really cool because not only would that serve as an awesome narrative device, that would just be that would be just such a great tie-in and a great way to tie in the prequels. Hell, that might even come into play. Where like, you know, again, because we see Kylo Ren on the same desert planet. Okay, well, once we get through the article, I'm going to riff on my whole big conspiracy theory that I put on Twitter. So I'll save my thoughts on Kylo Ren in the desert. Also, Jared, I think you said Solo in I think you said Solo with the nine movies that C-3PO's in, and he's not in that, and it's Rogue One. I know he's in Rogue One. I thought he was... I thought. Okay, no, no. He's Okay, Anthony Daniels himself is in Solo, that's well, what I was not. saying, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, All right. 3PO is, but Anthony yeah. Daniels. Anthony yeah, Daniels I mean. is. That I didn't know until like a few week, a few days or a few weeks after. And I'm like, holy shit, wow. Yeah, he's always in them. Yep. The only other member of the old guard on the set this time was Billy D. Williams, who plays the charismatic Lando Calrissian. At 82, Williams has had none of his roguish charm, has, not, has lost none of his roguish charm. But now it comes wrapped in a kind of magisterial dignity. People tend to remember Lando for the deal he cut with Vader in The Empire Strikes Back rather than his redemptive comeback in Return of the Jedi. And Williams has spent the last 45 years defending him. He's a survivor. It's expediency for him, Williams says. You know, he was...
<laughs> I didn't want to say anything while she was in here, but I was like, why did that actress just join in? <laughs> yeah. It was, dude, she joined in on like, like when I was in here and she joined in and I'm just sitting there thinking, who the hell is Kelly? Kelly Tappan from Friday the 13th Vengeance just joined. It was like listening to our podcast while we were recording at our server. I don't think she was like realized what was going on. <laughs> That's excellent. Okay, continue. I love everything that just happened. <laughs> that's our life now, um, Jared. That's our life now. <laughs> yeah, that's our life now. <laughs> Actors just randomly, hey, you recording? Uh, like, oh, shit. Jeez. Um, you, you know, thrown into a situation where she didn't look and he had her out with an, an entity which is more than just a human. And he adds, with the weary air of somebody who has spent way too much time justifying the behavior of a fictional character. Nobody died! He said that on stage during the celebration panel, and I fucking... I rolled off of the couch, and went, No one died! I didn't get anybody killed! <coughs> I just love the fact uh, Billy Diaz had to defend Lando. Uh, we have our next picture here. Again, it is uh, the crew in Jordan, and it is a very nice... Uh, um, Set hand holding an umbrella over Anthony Daniels inside of a 3PO suit and DB8 looking up at him. Chewbacca is still here too, but it's not the same man in the suit. The original actor was Peter Mayhew, may he rest in peace, a seven foot three inch gentle giant who was working as a hospital orderly in London when Lucas cast him in the first movie. Mayhew retired after The Force Awakens and he recently passed on April 30th, 74. His replacement is Junus Sutano. I still <laughs> not learn how to say this motherfucker's name, oh, and nor will I ever. Sutomo? I think so. Well, you just ruined an ongoing joke. A fresh-faced former professional basketball <laughs> player. Nothing, I'm bugging with you. No, I know. What? <laughs> what? Uh, who wanted to be an actor but was hard to cast as he's uh, 6 feet 11, 11 inches tall. When I first met uh, Peter Mayhew, he told me I was a wee bit too skinny. Sutamo, okay. But... <laughs> Just call him Jonas. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but we also had a Wookiee boot camp, which lasted for a week. He told me all kinds of things, moves that Chewbacca does, how they came to be, and his reasoning behind them. Eunice has now played Chewbacca in four movies and enjoys it about as much as I've seen anybody enjoy anything. It's very much like silent film era with Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, he says. He's a mime character, and that's what he does. I guess the minimalism comes the beauty of the character. That well fucking said. Uh, other things we know about the Rise of Skywalker, we can safely assume that the Resistance and the First Order are headed towards a final showdown. Uh, not a schmodown, but a showdown, which will be a heavy lift from the, the good guys, because at the end of The Last Jedi, uh, the terrorist organization known as the Resistance was down, way down, down to a handful of survivors. They'll face a glorious and absolutely justified First Order, who suffered a stinging but largely symbolic loss in the Battle of Krayt. And who I feel confident have learned something about the previous from the previous eight movies. 
The Empire built and lost two Death Stars. The First Order has already lost uh, Starkiller Base and Force Awakens. Presumably, it won't make the same mistake twice. No, they're just going to try to resurrect fucking Space Hitler. Yep. Uh, stakes go even higher. Oh, we're finally at the picture. Uh, the, the stakes are even higher than that. Uh, cosmically high. Sources close to the movie say that Skywalker will at long last bring a climactic climax to the battle, to the long conflict between the Jedi Order and its dark shadow, the Sith. Again, we know Sidious is coming back, so maybe Sith is accurate. But we also know, like Jason Ward said, a lot of people who are attached to these movies who don't understand lore use Sith as like an interchangeable term for bad guy. Because um, they're fucking casuals. Because they're fucking casuals. Uh, here we have uh, Finn and Jana atop of Orbax, uh, new like horse-like creatures. We saw uh, John Boyega riding an actual horse in a behind-the-scenes picture that we found several, several months ago we, that we covered. And this is exactly what we said would happen, that they'd CGI them into looking something more Star Wars-y. And then below that, Oh boy, Jared was a happy boy with this. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. The only thing I have to say is that that's on the Death Star. That's on the second Death Star. Oh, it's definitely on the Death Star. It's and that just gets me so hyped. Like, some people have said that they might be fighting on top of the Falcon, which is a distinct possibility, but my money's on the Death Star. Dude, that's the death. death. Oh, I think. What does Dan think? Dan said it's the Death Star, right? He thinks it's the Death Star. Dan, Dan's yeah. going back and forth between Death Star and Falcon. Falcon. I think it's the Death Star. I could see the Falcon, but I think it's the de- second Death Star. I think this might be the scene that we see in the uh, that that we uh, heard about in the leak. If it's in Death Star, we'll get into my. We're all gonna theory craft once we're done with okay. this. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to read this whole picture's caption. Star-crossed. You know, like star-crossed lovers. You know, like that term used for people who are in love but in a horrible situation. You know. Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, and Rey battle it out with lightsabers in a stormy confrontation. Their force connection. But Adam Driver calls their maybe bond will turn out to run even deeper. Okay, that's what. I don't actually think that. I wanted to get a laugh at a CJ, and clearly it fell flat. I don't know what you said. Yeah, you cut out. <laughs> oh, I got like really close to my phone whenever I said, we'll turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed. <laughs> and I like really loudly went, they're gonna fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that. I think they'll kiss. Okay, but. there we go. Or he begs, or he begs her to kill him. Mm. Yikes! Um, that didn't have a spoiler alert attached to it at okay. all. Okay, um, if you listen to the last episode, y'all know we're about to drop some spoilers on you at this fucking theorizing shit. Continue. The hottest area for speculation, however, is the identity of the titular Skywalker, because it's, at this point there aren't many Skywalkers left to rise. One is General Organa, the former Princess Leia, Luke's sister. But Carrie Fisher, who plays her, passed away tragically in 2016. That was a deeply painful loss for Abrams personally, but it also presented him with an impossible choice as a filmmaker. 
He needed Leia to tell the story, but Abrams didn't feel like a digital carry could do the job. and There was no way that Lucasfilm was going to recast the role. But then a strange thing happened. Abrams remembered that there was some footage of Fisher left over from The Force Awakens, scenes that had been changed or cut entirely, and he dug them up. It's hard to even talk about it without sounding like I'm some kind of cosmic spiritual goofball, Abrams says, but it felt like we suddenly had found the impossible answer to the impossible question. He started to write scenes around the old footage, fitting Leia's dialogue into new context. He recreated the lighting to match the way that Fisher had been lit. Bit by bit, she found her place in the new movie. It was a bizarre kind of left side, right side of the brain sort of Venn diagram thing. Figuring out how to create the puzzle based on the pieces we have, uh, says Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, who uh, plays uh, Lieutenant Onyx. And at first, Abrams deliberately wrote her out of the out of the scenes in case it was too painful. But Lord said no; she wanted to be in. Them. And so there are moments where they're talking. There are moments where they're touching. That is really depressing. Connor, what the fuck uh, are you doing? Sorry, just moving. No, I'm just moving. Um, as I'm listening, um, Connor's just like I just have like a whole fucking kilo of coke. I'm just moving real quick. Just give me a second. I gotta move this. <laughs> Um, dude, the Billy Lord stuff—that's that's gonna get me. Either he didn't hear me, or he has become way too good at pretending he did not hear the dumb shit I said. Yeah, like, dude, the no, no, like the Billy Lord stuff is just. Did you hear me say that you were selling cocaine? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> TJ, we're gonna be just fine without you, but yeah, Connor, just do a for just do a little force bump of your schneef, and then we'll get right back into this, Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take take a bump of some fucking spice. And we'll be <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna send uh, you like yeah. some really like weird looking like glow sticks, and I'm just gonna fucking put them on them, put uh, right on them with marker death sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Connor has a death stick problem. Uh, the only other member of the surviving Skywalker bloodline that we know of, no, because there's no one else, is Leia's son, Luke's former Padawan, the fallen Jedi, Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren. Kylo probably isn't capable of actual happiness, but things are definitely looking up for him. By the end of The Last Jedi, he was he's taking control of the First Order, and killed or at least outlived his actual father and both of his symbolic fathers in art, Luke, and Supreme Leader Snoke. Sources at Disney also confirmed that this long rumored that the, his long rumored Knights of Ren will finally arrive in Rise of Skywalker, and that they had been forging this he had been forging this maybe bond with Rey, Driver says. And it kind of ends with the question in the air, is he going to pursue that relationship? Ah, oh, Jared fucking violently beats his dick in excitement. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but when the door of her ship goes up, then it comes to a close for that camaraderie that they were maybe forming. Then we have another issue of uh, um, what looks like a scene of Ray, Chewie, and BB-8 on a speeder. Darkness in the Star Wars movies tends to come from fear. What's the new Freyanic droid's name? Skywalk. What? What's the new Dio. 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 Yeah. Uh, like Ronnie James Dio? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Continue. 
darkness in the Star Wars movies is always always tends to come from fear. For Anakin Skywalker, Kylo's grandfather, it was the fear of losing his mother and his wife. After two movies, it's still not easy to say what exactly Kylo Ren himself fears, even though he's excuse me, he's as operatically emo as Vader was stoic. <laughs> oh my god, that's my Instagram bio. <laughs> operatically emo. <laughs> I honestly feel like you wow. should change your name from Dark Jedi to the Lord uh, Lord of the Wees. Uh, <laughs> to what? Lord of the Wees. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Operatically emo. We need to put that on a shirt. Like, that needs to be a do-bad shirt. Okay, we'll make this happen. Oh, just Kylo. Kylo standing in a hot topic. It just says, Operatically emo. Um, he's fixated on the past. He made a shrine to his own grandfather, but at the same time, the past torments him. Let the past die. And he says to Rey in The Last Jedi, kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Presumably, whatever's eating at Kylo started in his childhood. Maybe being the kid of, a, of literally the two coolest people in the galaxy isn't as fun as it sounds. We know lore, we know Kylo's drama, we know how all of that. Yeah. Uh, Driver, who has obviously thought this through. Jared, peep the do-back chat. Later. Um, when you say check the do-back chat in the middle of an episode, that's never good. Look at Chad's comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so... But yeah, TJ, I was just moving my shit around to just get back into my room. Okay. So, because it's quieter. <laughs> it's funny because Jared and I were talking about this this morning. And <laughs> reading. Oh, okay. That's lovely. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> I think we need to post those pictures again. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> and we need to not talk about it on the fucking air. Okay, continue. <laughs> Ways to make Jared Bachman stubs uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Continue with this log. Okay, this article is taking an hour. (laughs) No. Fuck. But it's good. Um, Hold on. You can't tell me to stop on the paragraph without fucking Kylo Ren. Who? Um, Cryboy. Hey. Jesus Christ. Here you go. I will fucking. Wow, wow, I'll never be as good as my grandfather. Wow. I'm going to smash uh, my TJ, helmet. TJ, you was, don't want that these was hands. Said by Ray, God damn it. You don't want these hands. You Connor, these the hands last Jedi you. was bad. The Empire Strikes Back's a horrible movie. I'm not even going to get into Empire. <laughs> no, no, I really want to be like fucking Dan Miller and say that your favorite movie is Attack of the Clones. It's no. actually A New Hope. Your favorite no, movie is A New Hope? No, no, my, no, my, not my favorite movie. My favorite Star Wars movie is A New Hope. Oh, mine's no, yeah. Dan's Revenge. favorite Star Wars movie is Attack of the Clones. Well, Dan likes sand too, so. Well, that, that, those two things don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first big laugh I ever got from you on this show, TJ. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Darth Vader said that. <laughs> Darth Vader said that. 
Yeah. Continue. Um, uh, points out that as cool as they are, Han and Leia are both obsessively committed to their lifestyles, smuggling and rebelling. They don't leave much room for kids. He also points out that unlike Luke and Ray, Kylo never got to grow up on a nifty voyage of self-discovery. Instead, he grew up under the crushing pressure of massive expectations. How do you form friendships out of that, Driver says. How fucking hell, TJ. Almost. My lizard brain almost made me read that out loud. Uh, <laughs> I was just reading, and I was in reading mode, and my eye glanced up, and I went, ooh, read it. Nope, nope, don't Did say that. Do not say lick the titties on Dubak. Do not say <laughs> lick the titties. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. I'm actually doing right now what that gif of Fozzie is doing. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I gotta break up this long fucking article somehow, man. How do you understand the weight of that? And if there's no one around you guiding you or articulating things the right way, it can easily go awry. And we know because Han and Leia weren't great parents. Well, they weren't bad parents, but they dropped the ball a lot. They made Ben feel unwelcome, unloved, and untrusted. And then Luke pulled a big old Yoda and Mace Windu and got way too scared and didn't realize he was creating the problem himself and then tried to kill him. And also Snoke was manipulating the whole time. And then boom, Kylo Ren. Uh, by the emotional logic that governs the Star Wars universe, we also, and also our own, Kylo Ren is going to have to confront the past and his fears, whatever they are, or be destroyed by them. Uh, where Lucas's trilogies tend to follow... No. Where Lucas's trilogies tend to follow the roots and branches of the Skywalker tree and the tree, their personal saga was the saga of the galaxy, writ small. The new movies have a slightly wider aperture. And that's lovely, TJ. <laughs> um... A slightly wider aperture in the take in a new. How are you able to pay attention? <laughs> There's Ray, of course, who sources that they will have progressed her training towards the end of the Last Jedi to the point where it's almost complete. Nice. But then, all taken care of, all she has left to do is uh, reconstitute the entire Jedi Order from scratch. Because, as far as we know, she's the last one. Nope. She's got Ben. If Kylo can't be redeemed, which he will be, it will almost certainly fall to Rey to put him down in spite of their maybe bond. God, please don't make me watch that. Their relationship <laughs> is the closest thing in the new trilogy of seeing the star cross to a Starcross love story in the order of Han and Leia and Luke and her Anakin and Padme. The source goes to the movie says that their forced connection will turn out to run even deeper than we thought. They're uniquely suited to understand each other but at the same deeper time. Deeper in the literal sense. In every... Ew. Mm, ew. Deeper. Oh, yeah. Right coming out of your mouth. Ooh. We're going I'm in. Just I, say, dude, oh! I'm just, oh! I'm just saying what you're thinking. I know you're thinking it. No, I'm not, actually. You're... Still. Jared, you're just, Jared, just continue being sweaty. Go. Okay, I'm sweaty. Ugh. I can barely see now. My allergies. Hold on. <laughs> I'm coming up for air. I'm coming up for air. That's what she said. Jesus fucking Christ! You two are twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I no, you would have. That's bad. That they on Gormore on Monday. They're in the no, summary. No, no, no. In no, this summary of the movie we watched, it said erected, and I giggled while I was reading the summary. <laughs> 
Are you serious? I swear to God. Are you serious? I'm fucking 12. Oh my God. No, but it's going to be cool. It's just, just, just to see um, how the force bond can go even deeper than it already has. Like, it'll just be interesting to see the lore of the force um, expanded and deepened in Rise of Skywalker. The lore of the force. That sounds like something Chirrut Imway would say. The lore of the force. The lore of the force. Yep. So. They're in every way each other's inverse. Down to Kylo's perverse rejection of his family, which is the one thing Rey craves most. I think there, are, uh, there's a part of Rey that's like, dude, you fucking had it all. You had it all, Daisy says. It was always a big question during film. You had it all, and you let it go. Um, then we have uh, Chewie, Lando, BB-8, and Poe all in the cockpit of the Falcon. <laughs> cockpit. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Thanks, Jared. (laughs) Why are we reading the whole Vanity Fair article, Jared? Get to the talking points. There is so much here to talk about, and we're. Jared, there's really. I mean, we can... Hey, guys, don't read the Vanity Fair article that you probably already read because you're listening to a Star Wars podcast. All right. Well, Mr. Bowser. (laughs) A couple important things before we finish up on the Vanity Fair article, you fucking killjoy. There we go. Uh, We do have a name of the desert planet that we see. It is not Jakku. It is not Tatooine. It is not Jeddah. It is... Pasana, Pasana, Pasania, Pasane, whatever it is, Pasana. we'll find out how the fuck you're supposed to say it. Um, my I'm favorite thing about this planet, picture, honestly, my favorite thing about this picture is like the way all of the people are lined up. It's like alien, 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 random dude, alien, alien. <laughs> And, like, you don't notice it's a human until you look really closely at the picture. Yeah. Um, you two give your thoughts, and then I want to talk about my conspiracy theory. Yeah, the natives of that planet are called the Aki Aki. Aki Aki! That's how I'm guessing it's I'm honestly happy it's a new desert planet, personally. I mean, I would have rather gone to a desert planet we've already seen. Yeah. But it's happy that, but I'm happy they're expanding the universe planet by planet. I mean, anything to sell books, right? <laughs> Indeed. And that will do. Uh, this, this is just literally just adds to the hype train that is already Rise of the Skywalker. Having these types of. The fit- Rise of Skywalker. What did I say? Rise of the Skywalker. Either way, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Suck a dick. <laughs> Oh, the years, bitch. Uh, this is really, really... Oh, my God. That was aggressive. <laughs> that was aggressive. Uh, but I really like the photo of Lando and Poe chilling. Uh, that's really cool, especially with Chewie in the back. Also makes me really miss Han even more. Uh, I want to see how cool Dio is and how he incorporates to the story, and why would you bring him in in the third movie if you're going to try to play like an R2-C3PO aspect type thing off of him, but whatever. Uh, 
yeah, man, this just really gets me really excited to see this movie. Also, there was this other Vanity Fair article that talked about um, that had this little mention. I'll just read it here. It's re- it's very short, and it goes, "Haven't seen." Um, Abrams says he was emboldened by the ambitious swings Johnson took with his film. Having seen what Ryan did made me approach this from a place of instinct and gut. I was making choices I knew I wouldn't have made on Seven, some story-wise, but more in terms of directing. I found myself feeling less like I'm going to try and do something that feels like it's only true to to the specifics of this franchise or this story. So your boy JJ's basically taken a bunch of risks because of... Abrams is going to retcon the last Jedi! Anyway. the last Jedi! They're going to bring Luke back and he's going to be Force Jesus. And Rey's going to be Luke and Obi-Wan's daughter. Luke and Obi-Wan's daughter. Snoke's coming back, guys. (laughs) JJ's retconning the last... Suck a fucking Bantha dick. I don't even know if they can... eh, You know, I'm not even going to say it. Anyway, um, I'm just excited to see... Do Banthas not have penises? We don't see anything with a dick Anyway. <laughs> He's um, trying to avoid it. No, I'm just, no, no, because, like, I'm just happy that that JJ is taking all these oh. risks and Absolutely. branching out with his creativity that. because Ryan basically did that in one film, and I'm all here. I'm here for it, honestly. Exactly. I'm That's happy. what excites me the most like, about this. Like, is dude, JJ's like, that, like, dude, everyone forgets that J.J. loved Ryan's script so much, he wished he directed it. Like, everyone forgets that. And of course, you got the people... He told him to say that. Exactly. You have those people, and it's just like, saying he wanted to direct it because he loved it so much, that's pretty high fucking praise, and we saw what he did. Not perfect, but it's very fucking good. And it it did what it did what it needed for Star Connor, Wars. Connor, did you swear good. this much before you started hanging out with us? I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, I to me, um, I don't know. I got to write a thesis on it. Basically, there's so much it did for me. Coming soon, like, so another much. article from Connor Chiquiti. I have like five, dude. I have like three or four. It like drafted up that it just it takes me forever to write. It really does. Some of them aren't even Star Wars related. That's the best part. Ghostbusters yet? You got any Ghostbusters ones? I don't. God damn it, Connor. <laughs> but um, no, I just love that The Last Jedi basically like re-energized Star Wars for me personally. Or kind of split the fandom in two either way. Yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> it's more like a 70-30 split. I'm glad it did. You know why? You know why? Because if there being too many chicks and too many people of color in your fucking movie makes you angry, I'm glad I know that I'm not supposed to like it. Yeah, like, if that makes, if if that's the thing that makes you angry, I'm okay. Wow, that's awesome. I, we're not friends anymore, basically. We're just, we're, we won't really talk about this. Like, to, oh my god. Um... To quote Farm no, Boy, every Star Wars story is a gift. No, dude, like the like, yes. dude, uh, yes. 
Dude, the amount of people that hate the last Jedi on my campus. Except for that, the rest of them are gifts. Yeah. Like, dude, the last, the amount of people that hate the last Jedi on my campus is kind of, it's actually kind of impressive. I'm sorry. I'm sending you a last Jedi was good, change my mind shirt then. Wait, say that again. I will send you a last Jedi was good, change my mind shirt. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I don't want to get attacked today. (laughs) No, like, I'm good. No, no. I've heard it all. Like, I don't. The thing with Star Wars, and I think with films in general, I'm sorry to go off on this tangent, not really, but is that you can tell me everything you hated about a certain film. I won't give a shit whatsoever. I really won't. Like, you can tell me every single little thing, and I will just say, okay, great. I don't care. You wasted your time. I want to figure out what I don't like personally. I don't want to hear what you didn't like. However, if you talk about what you liked, that's what will make the conversation worthwhile personally. What I just don't, what I just don't like is like, we've gotten to this point where everybody wants to be spoon fed some epic story where like every, every little, little thing has some type of like narrative worth or like, like every single character has to do at least one big important thing in the story. And every single line of dialogue and moment has to have a giant consequential impact. Where like you can't just like tell an organic character driven story where like yeah. not everything happens for a reason. Like some shit just happens and it goes nowhere. Like that's why I think so many people are so pissy about Game of Thrones, so pissy about The Last Jedi. You know? But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, you guys have any further thoughts on the Vanity Fair article or the stuff inside of it before I start? No, I, I think that you've uh, said enough in the last hour and 20 minutes. It's <laughs> yeah, not no. my fault that there was a giant article released about the shit that we covered. I mean, we don't have to read. I mean, we didn't have to really read all. Oh, I love this. We, we could have spark. We could have basically. Um, went through the article talking about the big important points, but that's just me. We'll, Way to blow we'll, it, Jared! Way to blow yeah. it! I thought we were going through the whole article. <laughs> well, you thought wrong, Bachman Stubbs. Clearly. Next. Clearly. Next. Here, TJ, you can read The Old Republic. Okay. Yay! Okay, so, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic could be getting the movie treatment. Fans of the video game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic might get to see their favorite characters have new adventures on the big screen. A new Star Wars movie based on the video game could be in the works, according to BuzzFeed on Thursday. Fuck BuzzFeed. Lucasfilm presents (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy told MTV Lucasfilm is developing something to look at when it comes to Knights of the Old Republic. Netflix Ultra Carbon Show. We're going to address Hunter's, like, squealing goddess at the mention of Kathleen Kennedy. Well, she is. The Force is female. I will. will. Ultra Carbon Show. I actually won't, but... How do you say that fucking name, Jared? We're at... Ultra Carbon Show Creator. Later... LK will be will be writing this script. <laughs> if the movie rumors are true, the K word will be the first woman of Star Wars movies since Leia Brackett. Yeah, that last name is intense. Received a co-writing Calogritus. with Critis. Calogritus. Calogritus with I'm Lawrence Kasdan. Dude, having a dude, having a t- dude, having a 
last name that people can't, can't pronounce correctly, you, you get a sense. You get a sense of how to pronounce other hard names correctly. I don't know. It's just. I feel like most of my life I've been called Bowman. I don't even want to get into the impair. I don't want to even get into the amount of mispronunciations I've heard. If I got if I got a dollar for how many times my last name was mispronounced, I probably could pay off. Or how many people go? Is that really your last name? To me, <laughs> I haven't really. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Thanks, Mario, for ruining like, yes, my life. I'm part, I'm part monster turtle. How did you know? <laughs> So for all you fucking casual uh, casuals out there who don't know what Knights of the Republic is, it tells the story of an aged old battle between Jedi and the Sith nearly 4,000 years before A New Hope. Fingers crossed that the new movie will bring the KOTOR characters, that's Knights of the Old Republic for casuals, Republic pilot Karth Anasi and Twilight teenager Mission Vow will, when her Wookiee companion Zalbar, to live life in the new movie. Lucasfilm and Disney did not immediately respond to a request for a comment. You know what? If this happens, yeet skate. But then again, how many movies have we seen rumored or announced to actually too come many. true? Too many. And then our hopes get crushed. Yeah. It's it's just too But I'm hooked. This is the most legit one so far. Like, this is the yeah. first time that there has been an actual, like, we have a possible screenwriter tied to a project that isn't just rampant speculation. Yeah. I'm excited to see if to see if she can um, to see if she's on board with it. And if this yeah. rumor turns out to be true. Um, it's very exciting I don't stuff. Know. And I, I mean, get it. That's dude seeing the old Republic on screen. That would be, I wouldn't say a dream come true, but it would be pretty close. Okay. A dream All come right. true would basically be would basically be seeing Ahsoka Tano on screen, like live action. Now, would that be masturbation-inducing for you? No. Oh, okay. So no, it's not but like Ray Lowe Jared. But nah, it, it wouldn't be okay. I, but I would, I would freak out. Would you eat something across the room in excitement, as Jared would say? Oh, I would, hundred percent. I would sprint across the room in excitement. Climb on top of your father in your sleep out of excitement. Ooh, no. Jared would. <laughs> Of course he would. You don't. You don't sleepwalk like me. No. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay, so we're talking old Republic. I want to hear fan casting right now. Go. Fuck. I don't know. Uh Suck. Z- Zalbar played by Jonas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he literally showed. He up needs like. to just be the go-to Wookiee from now on. Uh, yeah. Who's who would play Mission? Uh, I don't, when I think of Twi'leks, I think African American. Uh, I feel like that would be who would play her. No clue. Uh, I can't think of like anyone in the right age range. <laughs> Zendaya. <coughs> Zendaya is mission. There you go. If you age her up a little bit, honest, yeah, that might work actually. Yeah. If you age up Mission Val a little bit, I. Do Now, who would All play right. uh, Bastila? I would want. Oh, I saw it before. Daisy Ridley. <laughs> Not that different. <laughs> uh, let's think. Uh, I 
Um, I saw really cool art of someone. What's that Mandalorian's name that is in the crew too? Uh, wait, hold on. You know who I'm talking about, guys. Right? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not Carson Massey. It is Carson. No, Karth is the Republic soldier. Oh, what's his name? Hold on. Let me, Emily Blunt as Bastila Shan. There um, you go. Okay. Oh, shit. Wait, let me pull up Galaxy Heroes. Candorous Ordo. Candorous Ordo, yeah. Um, I would love to, I can't remember his name, but I would love to see the guy who played um, Gregor Clegane on Game of Thrones play Candorous Ordo. Who plays who plays uh who plays War Machine? Don Cheadle. He should play Jolie Bindo. Dude. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> who would play Cartha Nassi? Carson who would make a good Not Olden Ehrenreich. because uh, he can't be used. He would have. Right. Uh, think of maybe a goatee guy. Uh, goatee. Hmm. I don't think it. Wait. Uh, ooh, Henry Cavill. Boom. Uh, who would voice HK? Oh, that's a good question. You know what would be really funny? Billy Eichner. (laughs) Okay, no. Even better. Fucking John Mulaney. I don't know who that is. Could you imagine John Mulaney as HK-47? That would be so fucking Holy good. shit. Time to die, meatbags. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Malik. Tom Hardy. Wow, that was quick. Wow. Uh, who else? Been sitting on that one for a while. Bane. Yeah. Wait, who's the characters in the second? The second one. That is uh, Darth Trey and Darth Nihilus, Darth Sun. Ah, uh, okay. Who would who would voice Nihilus? Uh, I'd like like Ray Fiennes. Okay, perhaps. Or, ooh, uh, no. I think you should save Jeremy. Um. Who I okay? Also, I have, who plays Juani? We we forgot that. Oh, Juani. Uh, that would be a role Zoe Saldana would. She would have to remember. She'd have to be shaved. Well, yeah, but she has to be turned into a fucking cat. Huh, Connor? Who do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Good. I'm usually not good with fan casts, so I think. Zoe Saldana as Jahani would be good. What is she in? Gamora. Oh, okay. I'd be okay with that. Same kind of character. So now I have, <laughs> I have two for Revan. Okay. Either Keanu Reeves. No. Or yeah. Kit Harrington. I th- yeah. I want. I, could I would see. love Kit Harrington. As Revan. Yeah. That I could see more voice. than I love that. Keanu. I love that. I really like the northern English accent for Revan. For Revan. I don't know. But yeah. 
continue. Let's move along. Move along. Who do you who do you have for Revan? Who would you want to see? You already said Tom Hardy, so I can not say that. Uh, I don't think Tom Hardy could do Revan. Affleck. There you go. Ben Affleck is Revan. There you go. Me- <laughs> meaty Ben Affleck. That's a big old yikes for me. <laughs> I don't see that working at all. Me neither. Affleck would make a good Malik, though. Yeah. Throw a bald cap on him, give him a little fucked up face. Fuck him, shit. shave him. Who cares? You're paying a million what? dollars to shave his fucking head. Yeah. yeah. I, that's a me thing. I don't want to see Ben Affleck bald. That's the kind of thought of that kind of scares me. There's just something unsettling about the thought of a bald Affleck. Uh, so, what is about this rumor of Ray's parentage? Okay, so there was this rumor, apparently, that came out from, I think, a Jason Ward podcast. For those who don't know, Jason Ward is one of the most, if not the most reliable source of news for Star Wars. Next to Dubak. Yeah, next to Dubak. <laughs> you, you said that, not me. <laughs> but no, he's he's really fucking good. Like, he really is. Um, He's better than... 97 99% of news yeah, sites I'd say that's out there. Um, so this rumor, which is unconfirmed and there's an update on it. Um, so the rumor itself is Ray is Han Solo's daughter, but she is not Leia Organa's daughter and is therefore not a Skywalker. Leia and Han were estranged when she beat, when Leia began training with Luke. When did she not, when when she did not complete that training, she returned to Han. But Ben Solo knew of the affair, although ne- not necessarily about Ray, and began acting out. And this was when he was sent to Luke. Um, the mother is supposedly not Zori, who's played by Carrie Russell. And there's a lot more from it. And I'm just. This is a big old yikes from me. It really is. Because that would definitely contradict the whole your parents are no. Yeah. Your parents and just, your father like, is the most legendary smuggler in the history. Like, yeah, and, and and just I can't see this working out. However your, your dad is fucking space blackbeard. Pretty much. However, there is hope. Actually, yeah, no. This isn't pretty much hope. This is confirmation that like it's not happening. Someone tweeted Pablo Hidalgo this question, and he's re- and he responded with, "That doesn't fit with the timeline." Han and Leia were together up and in, up until about five years before Force Awakens, when it all went to hell. And Ray is nineteen, nineteen in Force Awakens. That is, so yeah, it's pretty much not happening. I've read on the I've went on this Reddit thread, and like, everybody pretty much hates it. And for once, the fandoms united in hatred, I, but I just, united. Again, I want to know, like the same motherfuckers who think you did ruin Luke Skywalker's character. He's they destroyed his arc. He would never. He had that. the strongest character arc in Last Jedi. He really well, did. Me, aside from that, so we're gonna take Han Solo's arc of going from selfish scoundrel to, you know, man who fights for the greater good. Yeah. He lays down his life for the things that matter. 
going back and regressing it to selfish scoundrels. He's cheating on Princess fucking Leia. Han cheated on Leia. Like that's fuck. the story we're gonna tell. That would My I. God. I can't see. I don't know. I. Yeah, I cannot see Chris Terrio or JJ thinking of that. I really can't. Like I that just, would be. I don't, I don't understand how the same people who complain about like ruining Luke's character by making him echo Obi Wan are the same people who would go, "Oh yeah, also Han just cheated on like." Yeah. Uh, like, dude, if they accept this, which they probably won't, but not Luke, it's like, wow, hypocrisy I mean, at its finest. Yeah. Like, dude, also, I don't like this motherfucker trying to get rid of Raylo. Yeah. yeah. Miss me with that incest shit. Yeah. TJ, you're sir. Okay, so Ray doesn't need parents. I came to the conclusion almost immediately after The Last Jedi that she, it's okay to be a nobody, especially whenever you are the balance. Well, actually, Raylo's the balance, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, Jared's Atta smiling. Boy. Jared's <laughs> smiling right now. <laughs> but only at the end do you understand. <laughs> No, uh, I think the people out there that are just grasping at straws, hoping that we get some sort of EU resurrection within episode nine is just completely stupid. Uh, I'd say something that Alex Jones would say, but it's highly inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> Jared knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, God, I love Alex Jones. Uh no, it's okay for Ray to be nobody. It the, the whole idea that fucking Han cheated on Leia is just idiotic. It's stupid. It's, he wow. wouldn't do that. That Leia was the love of his life. Having that that child with her meant everything to him. If you read the the book, the book with uh, Last Shot, uh, the way that he talks about Ben. And the way he feels about Uncle his kids. Lama. Yeah, that stuff like that. Like, the man loved being a family guy. Not not to quote that, or not to reference that television show that's god awful, but Ray Ray is not Han Solo's daughter. Ray is nobody. Her no, parents were. The point Ray's of Ray is to that you don't have to come from this legendary, two from a legendary exactly. to be a hero. Fucking Kylo came from this legendary name, and look how fucked up he is. Yeah. Like, and this is the dichotomy that she's coming from nobody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderful. Okay. I, I really just wish the fans would stop fucking thinking that there's something behind it. That like there's one big secret in Star Wars because yeah. there isn't. What you see is what you get. What you see out in front of you is what is is what is canon. You creating yeah. head canon does not mean that that's Can reality. We also address the fact that like we only look at Luke as a legend as part of the legendary family because of. The the fucking EU version of Luke is atrocious. They put him at God status, and he should have never been that. I think the troubled well, man I mean, that the last Jedi portrayed. I do like I do like Legends Luke because it takes a lot for him to get work to the point where he's just. Oh like, my oh. god, it's Luke Skywalker. That's I do like that version of Luke, but what I mean is like the way it's presented in the original trilogy. Anakin was just another Jedi. Okay. He wasn't like the, the the original trilogy does not go. Your father was the prophesied Jedi Messiah, <laughs> and then he went batshit crazy and killed everyone. It's Including your father was a Jedi who happened to turn to the dark side. 
So in the context of the original trilogy, Luke is just a random kid who nobody knew of his connection to Vader. But by the same token, it wasn't what defined him. Yeah. We don't look at the Skywalkers as le- as this legendary family until we get to the prequels and there's the fucking Chosen One prophecy. Like, again, we don't we didn't hold the Skywalkers in this insane regard until we found out that Anakin was supposed to be Force Jesus. Okay. You know? So, like, I feel like the same way the fans, like, you know, oh, Snoke was nothing, nothing happened with Snoke. Like, okay, nothing fucking happened with the Emperor. Yeah. Like, again, we only care about the Emperor because of the prequels. Yeah, the argument I hear is that, like, oh, well, nothing happened with the Emperor because we didn't have an established universe, and now with Snoke we have an established universe. And I'm just sitting there thinking, the movies are still expanding the universe. Sure, it might still be established, but it's still being expanded with new characters, such as Snoke. And we didn't learn anything about him. Get off your goddamn horse. We're going to learn something about him. Just fucking wait. Get off. Okay, and get and off I, your Bantha. Like yep. Get off your <laughs> Dubak. Get off your Bantha. Get on Dubak and fucking think logically for once, people. Jesus. Yeah. Well, and here's my thing. I think it makes more sense to wait until this story is over before we start writing books and comics and shit that expand upon the characters. Exactly. I'm, I'm honestly thinking after that's the Skywalker, there's going to be an influx of post-Return of the Jedi content. Absolutely. Because, again, like, look at in Legends, how many times they wrote stories that contradicted themselves. A good amount. Like, I don't know any, but a good amount, like, probably. You do know some. I sent you a book about all of the Legends. Oh, yeah. The like, Legend, yeah, Legend of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that's funny. I forgot about that. Good, good call, TJ. Like, but, like, they have all this, they, they talk about the Clone Wars, and, like, they never allude to the Republic and how else all that shit worked. Like, it's smarter to go, okay, we're going to wait until we know what the end point for this character is, and then we are going to write a story that revolves around how they get. I want a Kylo Ren book. I don't want a Kylo Ren book that, like, redirects how his character is actually supposed to be and then has no way of tying in to Force Awakens, Last Jedi, or Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, stop saying Ray's related to anybody, because she's fucking not. Dude, I Ray's wanted a Ray Kenobi, too. I wanted Ray Kenobi just as much as the next guy. Let it the fuck so, Yeah, that's who she is. She's nobody. She's a Kenobi. She's no one. Well, she was a nobody. Now, she's a hero. True. Now she's a Jedi. Now she's going to help save the fucking galaxy. She used to be a nobody. And that's the point. That's her arc. So. I love it for that reason. Yeah. See, I just can't wait to, I just can't wait for nine to end. So back and just study her arc throughout all three films. There's so much cool, like, there's so much in nine. That I like, sure that like sure I can I can barely understand that many people don't like how fast she's grasped the skills, but then again, it's called the Force Awakens for a fucking reason. Um, but she has an arc that's definitely there. Again, I don't feel like she's grasped anything too quickly though. Like. Again, look at everything Ray does. And I, I, I will say this until the day I die. 
any like force feats Ray has are not that impressive. No, they're really not, dude. She's like like on a scale of one to ten with force powers and lightsaber combat. Force power, she's like a five, and lightsaber combat, she's like a two. Like, well, these, I, I give her more than a two. Yeah, I think well, there's a lot like work, but like, dude, the people that are just like completely freaking out like oh she would destroy anakin skywalker she's so powerful i'm like dude anakin would wipe her connor i request that you talk in that talk that way for the remainder of the episode god no um (laughs) she's not that powerful she's skilled yes but she's not powerful yet and in the last jedi she cracked a mountain she cracked a mountain what do you mean she's not powerful yet? she cracked okay she cracked like no, she is powerful, but that's the thing. And I said this on my whenever I was with Girls and Sabres. She cracks a mountain, but there's a difference between skill and power. She has raw, untamed power. power. She doesn't However, have yet. that she hasn't doesn't mean anything home. don't have the skill to back it up. That's yeah. why Anakin got his fucking ass kicked by Obi-Wan. He did not have the skill to back up his power. He coasted off of power his entire career as a Jedi. And the dark side. And the dark side. But, like, with Rey, again, yeah, she cracks that mountain. But she's also on Octu, which is a Force Nexus. Yeah, it's the site of the first Jedi Temple. So, and like, the, the fact that, and the fact that Luke the could is- cut himself off from the Force there just shows you how powerful he is. Exactly. And we but, like, see the that. Fact that she, the fact that she does anything on Octu should be taken with a grain of salt. Again, because yeah. the force okay, is that's like a good point, yeah. her up. Yeah. Like she's she's operating that's, at a higher level than she should be. That's a and point she, for some reason I never considered. That, that, you know, that's the same way we're like, you know, put a Sith on Korriban or Moriband or whatever mm. the hell you want to call it. I think, it's, gonna, I think both names are acceptable. They're going to be operating at a higher capacity than normal because the whole planet is just breathing the dark side. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, I always keep forgetting, like, for some reason, I keep forgetting that Octo is just drenched in the Force for some yeah. reason. And I've that's why when she's, planet. that's why when yeah. she's meditating, it's such a, like, I mean, it's it's so experience. drenched, you don't must need a life jacket. Right, exactly. Zinger. Yep. Zinger. Um, but yeah, no, when she sees the Force, and just, God. I could go on about that explanation of the Force in Last Jedi so much. I fucking love it. That's my favorite by far. Guys, this has been crazy. It has. It was a good episode. It's a very good episode. And it's not your last episode. It's not. It's my last episode being the main host. Uh, Like I said, I will be back to talk about Mando. Uh, the rise of Skywalker. Fallen we'll probably Order. be back sooner than that, too. Yeah, if they drop any sort of thing like that, I'll be like, Alphabet Squadron's coming out. I think uh-huh. in a few yeah, days. I, I think. I, I want to do. I really do want to make a big point of saying to everybody: this is not the last time you will be hearing TJ Sexy voice. Um, he will be on very frequently as a guest. <laughs> more than he'll he'll be. <laughs> He'll be on the show in the capacity that Connor is. Yeah. Yep. He is just, his name just isn't attached to the intro. 
<laughs> Put it that way. I'll still be the puppet, the puppet master behind everything. So, oh, yeah. uh, okay, Palpatine. <laughs> Watch my empire grow. <laughs> your but, new empire. Your new empire. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get a photo of like me and then like everyone behind me and my arms just to the out outward. And just captioned my new empire. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> good, yeah. Pretty awesome. Nine dobackers, guys, will be at Steel City. Uh, who's that? Who is that? Oh, Jared Bachman Stubbs, Spencer Simpson, moi, TJ Bowser, Joe Gallo, John Dranscock, Chad Chrisman, Corey Kaufman. I'm missing people, ain't I? Uh, I think you're right. Bobby? And there's somebody else. I'm forgetting someone. Topher! 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 <laughs> Topher. Yep. So nine do-backers will be there. Uh, I can't tell you why Bobby's going to be there yet, but let's just say it's going to be awesome. Uh... <laughs> More stuff to come at the end of 2019 for Dubak. More stuff to come. I just got another message very soon. Uh, just stay tuned. And Jared, TJ, you gotta do, you gotta do the plugs this week. You okay, really plug I plugged the podcast earlier when I was kind of doing my whole spiel. But let's do it again. Be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Dubak Discussion Podcast Network, with those being the Gore and More Podcast, your premier source for horror movie news, reviews, and interviews. Oh, that sounded so good. And the and ha- interviews. <laughs> wow. And the Hall of Heroes Podcast, hosted by the delicious Jared Bachman Stubbs and the very logical Spencer Simpson which is your source for comic book, movie, news, theories, and reviews, and the Dubak Discussion Podcast, which you're listening to right now. And I hope and I pray that this fucker keeps growing the way it has because I am so fucking proud of this podcast and I am so fucking excited to see where jared takes this and i know there's going to be some of the ridiculous gone but i'm sure connor can pick that right back up again uh and i can't wait to meet the new the new host and i oh it's going to be it's going to be an excellent excellent thing so just stay tuned to do back discussion network do back discussion.net make that fucking shit your homepage. check out our t public buy as many shirts as you want pick up that raylo trash shirt and wear it with pride folks but for the last time Kind of. It's T.J. Bowser signing off. And this is your humbled and proud new host, Jared the Dark Jedi, signing off. And this is Connor. I am currently drenched. Chikiti, signing off. So say goodbye and eat the road. Pack it up and disappear. You better have some place to go. Can't come back around here Good goodbye Live from the rhythm, it's 
Something wild, venomous Enemies trying to read me, you're all looking highly illiterate Blind, they forgetting if I'm in the mix, you will find an equivalent I've been here killing it longer than you've been alive, you idiot And it makes you so mad, somebody else could be stepping in front of you And it makes you so mad that you're not the only one, there's more than one of you And you can't understand the fact that it's over and done Hope you have fun, you got a lot to discuss on the bus headed back where you're from So say goodbye and Time with my cellmate, maxed out, so now we finished. Every day was like a hell day, every night was like a hailstorm. Took her back to my tinted window, showing now she in rare form. Wings up, now I'm airborne. King push, they got a chair form. Make way for the new queen, the old lined up where they cheer form. Consequence when you ain't there for him. Were you there for him? Did you care for him? You were dead wrong. So say My demons. Let me say goodbye to my past life. Let me say goodbye to the darkness. Tell them that I'd rather be here in the starlight. Tell them that I'd rather be here where they love me. Tell them that I'm yours, this is our life. And I still keep raising the bar light. Never seen a young black brother in the chart twice. Goodbye to the stereotypes. You can't tell my kings we can't. Man, and we're linking things in parts. Now I got a tune with Lincoln Park. I like goodbye to my old hoes. Goodbye to the cold roads. I can't die for my postcode. Young little Mike from the Gold Coast. And now I'm inside with my bro goals. Goodbye. 